All right, it's Monday, January 17th, Martin Luther King Day. It was a crazy week, lots of football. It was a crazy Monday. There's snow and ice and storms everywhere. I think I think we just need to bounce for a second and get this show on the road. Everywhere I go, the people really want to know who I is and who I be. They oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. we got a massive part of the country, Kyle, that is just uh, trying to figure out what to expect. <laughs> Shocked. We had snowpocalypse yesterday. Well, not really. We had like an inch. Part two. And then it all, right. it was all gone. Yeah. So no big deal. Cause we, hey, look, Paul, we're professionals here. You're good now. That's what I said. That's we the know, spirit. <laughs> we know how to handle eight inches. So we good. <laughs> I know it. I know it. <laughs> hey, Rob, what's going on? Good morning. Big Apple, New York City. Didn't, I wonder if New York City got any snow. I don't know, Kyle. You and I are going to have some travel tomorrow. We're heading down to D.C., so uh, yeah. I think we'll be all right. No flight cancellations as of yet. And we'll get going. There's there's kind of some stuff to, to go around. Um, first of all, I will say happy Martin Luther King Day to everybody. I saw yes. a great, great quote. I've heard it before uh, from uh, somebody that we both follow, uh, Simon Sinek. Uh, the great, uh, I would, he's, he's a great he thinker, man. He is just a great thinker. For sure. And um, he, he says this. He says, Dr. King gave the I have a dream speech. Not the I have a plan speech. And it's dreams that move the course of history. And so um, I, I love that because, you know, like we're in automotive. We have a lot of plans. We have a lot of planners. Yeah. <laughs> can we break that down just a little bit? We Do don't it. have to spend a lot of time. We can. But it's Monday morning. We need to ease on into we, this. We can. Yeah, we need to ease. And not just that, but like this is this is for a lot of people and for me as a consummate planner i'm always like let's put it on a dock let's figure out what's next let's go into the next year the next month the next week let's get the schedule down yep right it there's a lot of safety in that and i, I i'm not i'm not disregarding planning but if there's never time to dream if there's never i, I like thought or vision or like casting uh, casting something way forward into the future that that seems bigger then it might actually like that seems bigger than anything that you could possibly accomplish. Yeah. There's no capacity for actually planning to get to that dream. Yep. Right. Oh yeah. Good because point. then, because then all you're doing is planning on like things you can imagine, things that you can see happening. And so you never challenge yourself in your plans. And I think that's one thing that's really key for me about dreaming is that I actually, if, if, if I go, well, what if X, then I actually have the capacity to, to exercise like a little bit of like elasticity in my planning and in my brain to go, that's going to take some work to get there, right? Like to, I'm going to have to flex along the way because I don't really know how to get there. I know the direction. I know where I'm headed, but in order to get there, there's going to be times where it might change because I've never been there before. That's, right? it's kind of the thing, you know, always have thought about vision, right? Vision statements in, in a company or organization or as a country or as a group of people, any group of people. Vision is what is over the horizon. You can never really see it. It's like the light when you're driving up to a city at nighttime and you can see the clouds lit up. They call it actually the official word for it is maze. Um, you can yeah. see the maze over the horizon and you know what's over there, but you drive in that direction. That's what vision is. And that's why plans don't inspire, right? Because you'll get to it, and then now what, right? So the vision's over the horizon. So um, Martin Luther King Jr. had a vision, and uh, we're still in the midst of realizing that vision. He never could have had a plan, right? Who can plan for this? Who can plan for Oof. how things go? But right. it's amazing that that dream and that vision 
is still alive and still moving forward, uh, even to this day. So it deserved an honorable mention there on the show at the outset. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of things going on this weekend, but you and I had some interaction over the NFL because you're a Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals fan and I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. And yes. uh, the Bengals, I was I was like loving watching that game because he did a thing. <laughs> I'm telling you what that look and you 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 probably know this as an Eagles fan, right? You you kind of have this moment at the end of any game that you're winning, especially by a small margin. It's all going to that fall you apart. know, like this is going to get real Bengalsy right <laughs> yeah, now, right? Absolutely. And we were in that moment. Like we, I, I texted my dad, I said, "This feels real Bengalsy." Like the play calling, oh, it just yeah. felt like everything was headed toward <laughs> destruction, and we were there's no way we're going to make it. Had played the better game, yep, um, but ended up on top. It was super fun uh, to have that. And appreciate you rooting. Yes. Hey, rooting hey, man, I, I appreciate it. So I followed suit years. the next day. What was that? <laughs> so oh, I yeah. Suit yeah, he did. The next he day. did. And in real, we got real eaglesy <laughs> in our playoff game. <laughs> and we had to lose to Tom Brady. Um, but, you know, I predicted this one at the beginning of the year. I was like, we'll have a good start. We'll struggle yeah. through the season. We'll sneak into the playoffs and we'll lose in round one. And uh, true to form. My expectations were set accordingly, and I spent most of the second half of the game doing something else while I was checking in. I got to see a couple <laughs> Eagles touchdown, maintain a little pride. Um, yeah. You know, so, you know, we'll see. There was a second where I thought, I was like, well, Kyle's a Bengals fan, and they won. It's like, and I'm an Eagles fan. I was like, oh, we could have a situation come Super Bowl Sunday. I'll be in a rare one where it, it could have been, been Bengals, right. Eagles. But We'll leave that for another year. Um, one thing that I th do think is worth noting on the show is, did you see all the EV commercials? Oh Holy my cow. Everywhere. It, it was everywhere. Actually, I mean, I would say that pretty much every commercial break, there was something about EV or crypto. Yeah. Typically crypto.com. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're big <laughs> no. sponsor, like big Super Bowl. Like you're going right. to get ready to see crypto.com for the rest of the football season for sure. Um, but I guess exactly. when I think of EVs, Ford mostly. Who else did you well, see? I was impressed. Well, I was really impressed with the Ford commercials, honestly. Like they, um, there was kind of a true to form piece of it, but also a, a very new creative stance from them. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I was really impressed with that. I also, this is this is not EV, not crypto, but for the first time, I actually saw. Uh, I think it was a Hyundai Tucson commercial that aired originally eight months ago but they're still running it hmm. um about like questioning everything and i it for me it was like top 10 auto commercials of all time so uh if you haven't seen that one i think it's like question everything hyundai you could hmm. find it on youtube and uh it's really interesting the 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 creative matrix that they go through and it's it doesn't feel like a car commercial which mm. i absolutely, absolutely love i feel like eight yeah. months ago i questioned everything a lot more than i do now Huh. <laughs> I think it's just Fair. because I've yeah. accepted that, like, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I thought uh, from Ford's standpoint, one of the ways they positioned the the lightning was basically making familiar things new again. And I think that, that, yeah. that from a brand play, you think of like Tesla, Rivian, you think of these other companies coming out with these very unfamiliar looking vehicles, especially when you think about like the Cybertruck, right? Very unfamiliar um, right. Kind of an unfamiliar company still. You know they're in the news and you heard about them. So Ford really leaning into the legacy and I think leaning into the role they've played 
in, in the country and in our culture and saying it's like, oh, it's going to feel familiar, except it's going to be better, right? Because of electrification right. and showing the features and the truck powering the house. So, um, I, yeah. I thought that I was a super, you know, when's the last time that you were like, value proposition, we can power your house. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Especially That's when the, there's a winter storm ravaging, ravaging the Northeast. Like, good timing on that one, Ford. Great timing. <laughs> yeah. Um, for sure. So let's talk a, a little more automotive. Just we were kind of perusing automotive news and some of the, the blotters and, and the things that are coming up. And there was a cool article, I thought, in automotive news that had the uh, Dave Gardner, the executive vice president of operations at Honda. And um, he was really leaning into thinking about what inventory is going to look like in the future. And I'll read a quote from the article. He says, everything we've done, and this is uh, Dave Gardner, EVP of Ops, at uh, Ford America, it says, everything we've done has been focused on selling what's on the dealer lot. If we asked our dealers two years ago, they could they envision operating in a low inventory environment? They would have said we were nuts. And then he goes on to say, if you were able to take significant part of the overhead out of this equation, I think this is a much more efficient and profitable business for everyone concerned. Mm. So, so it's like this conversation, I'm sure Honda isn't the only one having the conversation. Actually, we know it's not. But Automotive yeah, News yeah. did a great job in an article highlighting this and uh, talking about things that I think are on everyone's mind. Like, obviously, they can't stay at this level, All, right? Because, like, what happens if you hit another disruption, which we will, and it won't be microchips next time. It'll be something else, right? right? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, you can't, like, theoretically stay at a purely order-only basis. Just in time, right, yeah. Right, just in time and, uh, you know, because – there will be a mood change in, in customer behavior yep. for sure. Mm -hmm. Right. Especially as like, if you think about this, every, I've, I've been explaining this to a lot of people, like everybody knows that inventory shortages are not just automotive. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's an expectation that if you are retail shopping, you probably are dealing with some level of need to choose, not what you wanted. Right. Yep. Even if you have to order something. So, um, you know, the, uh, not every manufacturer, like American-made manufacturers right now can pretty much order like you want, um, but not every manufacturer has that capacity right now. So mm -hmm. there's still some flexing that cu customers have to do with the recognition that, you know, supply is is depleted. So there'll be a shift in consumer behavior when supply comes back in the rest of retail. And so you have to meet that demand in some way, but I think that there's a there's a middle ground. Like instead of, you know, Honda said they they typically had 300,000 new vehicles on ground and then 100,000 in the pipeline. Yep. There's probably a middle ground between right now, there's probably, you know, less than 100,000 in, in total. Um, and so what's that middle ground? How do the manufacturers like balance stock inventory to available port inventory? It'll be an interesting conversation over the next year. And I think um, especially with EV uh, coming into play will be a, a super relevant conversation. We had a lot of conversation last week about collaboration between OEMs and dealers. And I think this is a great opportunity Best. to have that collaboration because if human nature is left to do what it's going to do, we're going to be back in a situation of OEMs trying to force inventory in and dealers trying to get them to discount, creating the situation that we all don't want to get in the industry, which is a right. very difficult, a negative, profitable new car department. We don't ever have to go back. So if there's ever a time for collaboration, this is it. Um, Monday, we're getting out of here. We're coming in hot. Listen, this is a week. Let it be a week of collaboration, sharing dreams and not plans. But still, get some plans done because we need to make something happen. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Go get some, everybody. Okay.